All right, good evening, y'all. Today is Thursday, 123, and today I get the honor of talking to a friend of mine, Jason Washa. He is a surfer, crossfitter, um, just an overall good athlete and a good person, um, and also um, just a good friend of mine. Before we start, I got a new mic set up, but for some reason it's not working, so we're just doing this one on my phone. But um, please welcome Jason Washa. Washa, what's up, brother? Not much, man. Appreciate you having me on. Dude, thank you. It's not... You know, it's like, you've said it, like, I appreciate you having me on. And then, like, JR said it. Yep. And I forgot who else it was. But it's like, I don't want it to feel like you're coming onto a show, you know? Just like a... Just a conversation that I'm recording. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, you grew up as what? A surfer? No, actually, uh, I grew up in Oklahoma City. Okay. So I lived in uh, Oklahoma City until I completed the ninth grade in the summer between ninth and tenth grade. Uh-huh. My dad was in the military and got stationed down in Corpus Christi, and we moved down to Corpus. And that's when you became. And that's when I started surfing. So right about that time, <clears throat> I got my driver's permit, and I was able to get to the beach pretty often. Um, I would actually ride my bike and carry my surfboard while I rode my bike. Uh-huh. But then once I got my driver's license, it was game on. I was out there, there pretty much every all day. all the time? Every day. Yeah. How is the surfing there in Corpus? You know, it's it's not world class, <clears throat> um, but it's enough to get you hooked. Yeah. You know, and if you go out there and check it, you know, there's 30, 40 days out of the year where it's fun. I mean, a lot of fun. 30 or 40? Yeah, probably 30 or 40 days, but you got to be, you got to check it every day and um, sometimes there's only a two hour window when it's good. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta be dedicated to it. But so you grew up in, last. in Oklahoma city, dude, I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, I did. Interesting. what did you guys go to Cor- what did you guys come to Corpus for? <clears throat> uh, my dad, like I said, my dad, he was a helicopter pilot. Um, he was in the national guard. So he had a civilian job Monday through Friday and the national guard, he would go one weekend out of the month and fly helicopters. And so he did that uh, for the National Guard. Down in Corpus Christi, they have the Corpus Christi Army Depot where all the Army helicopters that need repair go down there. And he got hired down there. Uh, he was civil service, so he wasn't active military. Mm-hmm. But he was civil service, and so he was a uh, heli- helicopter test pilot. Ah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what got us there. You never had, like, ambitions to go into what he went into or no? Not really. Um I had a good time. My dad's best friend had helicopters in Oklahoma City, and it was pretty cool. We would go look at Christmas lights in a helicopter Whoa. growing up, That's and so badass. I was exposed to it, but um, my dad and I had a funny relationship. You know, uh, I really didn't want to do, be like him yeah. when I was younger. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, I didn't really learn to appreciate him until I got a little bit older, mm. so I kind of did the opposite. So then after Corpus, what brought you here? I came to San Antonio. Well, where did you go after Corpus? Did you go anywhere else? No. So I went from Oklahoma City to Corpus. Mm-hmm. I went 10th, 11th, and 12th grade in Corpus Christi. And then I went to Texas A&M in Corpus Christi. Okay. So I went to college there. But it's Corpus is a, it's a pretty fun town when you're young because you can play outside and there's fishing and surfing and all the outdoor stuff. But there's not much of a like a scene for you know young 20-year-olds yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff so I was ready to get out of Corpus um, before I actually graduated college I got hired I got a, hired to move to San Antonio and I still had a semester left I was that ready to get out of town so, so you left even before finishing that last semester no I had finished school but I had oh, secured okay. a job and like literally I graduated on a Saturday and on a Sunday the moving truck was heading to San Antonio oh shit yeah and you wanted to be what in a bigger city yeah I wanted just more opportunity you, you know what's interesting is like I grew up right in Southern California and I was surrounded by like so much going on, always having something to do. And then moving here, like I was okay with getting out of that. Right. Whereas like you going from Corpus, you wanted to go into where there right. was more going on. Yep. Hmm. And then now I've evolved to where now I'm ready to head back to where it's yeah. just kind of disappear. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yep. There's something about it, just like being away from everybody. Yep. Right? Like a peaceful... Yeah, there's a, I heard a cool quote, like, some people work their whole lives to be seen, and some people work their whole lives to disappear, and I'm the ah, latter. Ah. Yeah. 
I think on the ladder too. Yep. I just want to move to Colorado. Move to Colorado and just like some small town. Yep. And just go fish every weekend. I'll room with you. <laughs> I'll go. Oh, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Okay, so I was going to ask, you've always had this like super chill vibe. Yep. Super laid back. When did you develop that? Did Have you always had it? Were you like raised into that? Or did you develop it when you like became more of like a beach kid when you moved to Corpus? Yeah, well, I've always been kind of chill. Um, but that definitely did, you know, influence me. Yeah. Um, I played all the traditional sports. And even though I was an you know, athlete and played a lot of sports, I was always kind of just wasn't always like in the forefront or always wanted the spotlight. I was kind of, would kind of step back from the spotlight a little bit, if you will. And then, um, when I moved down to Corpus, I signed up to play, you know, baseball, basketball, football, all the traditional sports. And I was introduced to the, to the surfing scene and I just love the vibe of the folks down there. They were cool. When I moved down to Corpus, you know, the surfers and the stoners and the jocks were all friends. Mm. everyone hung out you know in Oklahoma City where I came from it was more traditional like the stoners and the jocks were gonna fight Uh, at the bike racks Friday after when the bell rings you know what I mean real kind of traditional roles and stuff so I just uh, probably ready for a change and it was I just gravitated to that scene everybody was super cool they didn't Uh care if you were rich or where you're you know what you had or anything like that if you were cool you were cool that's right yeah. I think we need more of that. Just people to realize, right? Like, and I've talked about it before, like, we have way more in common than we have differences. Right. But people focus on the differences. Yep. Whereas if we focus on what we have in common, pretty much everybody can get along. I agree. You know? Crazy. Yeah. They're, the surfers are some of the coolest people, man. They're not materialistic. They just, they're just down to have a good time. It's, it's a pretty good, good scene. So was surfing one of, like, your first, like loves of of like something to do like an activity one of your first like passions yeah I mean I did like I said all the traditional sports and skateboarded I was pretty typical kid but as far as like just an all out like passion for sure yeah yeah it's it's amazing it's you know there's no you know I compare it to like wakeboarding I had friends that wakeboarded down there all the time and they'd invite me and I'm saying now I'm gonna go surfing and I think it's because there's like there's no motor there's no Mm. gasoline there's no rope it's just it's as natural as you can get it's just you a surfboard and some wax that's That's badass yeah where else have you surfed man i've been all over i've surfed in the united states continental united states i've surfed uh all up and down california i haven't gone too far north but california um of course texas so you so you surfed all of where i grew up southern california beach newport beach huntington newport all the way down to imperial beach right on the border you know mexico border San Onofre. I haven't been there yet, but I heard mm. it's awesome. I okay. want to go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, on the Gulf Coast, I've surfed, um, of course, Texas, Florida, Florida on the East Coast, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, went to Mexico a number of times, um, on the, all the way to the Pacific side, Hawaii, Costa Rica. The, Holy shit. Yeah. What is the best spot you've ever surfed? The most fun that I caught and the most fun I've ever had has been in Mexico. Really? Yeah, Mexico. I'm talk. I mean, you're talking like we would surf six hours a day, and you'd catch a wave and you'd paddle out, and there you wouldn't have to wait for a minute, and there's another one coming. Uh huh. Mexico was great, but it was just ex- very dangerous. Yeah. So I got robbed down there. No way. Yeah, got robbed. I was sleeping in a hammock, and it was in the middle of the night, and I got robbed by two bandits. Guy, I woke up. Guy had a revolver. And said, give me your money. Holy and shit. we had had some beers and whatnot that night. So I was like, at first I thought, man, I'm dreaming. There's no way this is real. Yeah. And so I tried to go back to sleep and act like it wasn't happening. And the guy pistol whipped me right across the bridge of my nose with Whoa. a revolver. And I was when like, was this? This was, oh, geez. Um, this was in like 2000, in like 2001, maybe 2002. Whoa. Yeah. What part of Mexico were you in? Um, it's a little place called La Ticla. So if you, Guadalajara is probably the closest big city. It's about two and a half hours from Guadalajara. Uh And so we would drive, that's from Corpus. It was three hours to the border and then a 26 hour drive. Jesus all the way across Christ. Mexico. Yeah. Okay, to the opposite, to the west side? All the way across. All the way down Whoa. and all the way across. 26 hours through Mexico, yeah. Okay, sorry, I cut you off. So then he hit you in the face, and then what happened? He hit me in the face, and um, 
one of my buddies that was sleeping in the hammock next to me was like, okay, okay, I got all the money. He knew, he knew what was going on. And he said, I got all the money. I got all the money. And so they're like, you know, Don Estanero, you know, where's the money? We're and sleeping so, on the beach. Yeah. We we're sleeping on the beach. Um, and we kind of, we knew it was dangerous. So we had, uh, we would take, you know, if we had $500, we would break it up into like 150 here and put it in three different spots mm. on the car. You remember the old magnets you'd put on the frame uh-huh. of the car? Uh-huh. And so we went and we got underneath the car and we pulled out, we gave them 150 bucks. And then they proceeded to rob everyone else. There was a group that had come all the way from Australia. No A fan full of surfers. Yeah. And they proceeded to just rob us all. And then they tried to re-rob us. (laughs) Yeah. And we're like, we gave you all the money. (laughs) Like they thought you had gotten more money from the time they went to rob the other people and came back to you guys. That or they knew our tricks. Like we know you're stashed Uh, in multiple spots. We're not that dumb. You know? And so they tried to re-rob us. And then at the time I remember thinking like, they're not going to shoot these guns or trying to scare us because I'm thinking like in America, you you know, nobody would do that because the cops will be all over the place and they're just trying to scare us. And at this little spot where we were staying, um, they call it like a palapa lady owned it. She had a little kitchen there and she'd cook for all the surfers. Well, she had a pit bull Uh that guarded that palapa and right about then that pit bull came out and started barking and got real aggressive with the robbers and the guy points the gun and this dog's right at the, at my feet. And I'm still thinking he's not going to shoot it because it's going to draw attention. And sure enough, he shot and killed the dog. And the bullet went through the dog, hit the ground, and kicked up a bunch of rocks on me. And I just dove behind a tent. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. It got real right about then. So, yeah. (laughs) Was that the scariest you've ever been? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I just remember my mom, before I went, she's like, I don't want you to go. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. You told her, I'll be fine. I'll be fine, Mom. Yeah, you know, yeah. Come on, that's just the movies. That doesn't really happen down there. And we joke now. Um, I tried to hide behind a tent, and I was wearing, back then, fluorescent colors were cool. I was wearing, like, <laughs> I had no shirt on. I had bright fluorescent shorts on, and I was just trying to hide. And, you know, and one of my buddies that was with me was a uh, Army Ranger. And so we just laid there motionless for like an hour. No one made a noise. Even after they left? Uh-uh. Even after they left. Yeah. I'm like, I ain't moving. And yeah. we were petrified. And I was, my buddy's name Shane. I was like, Shane. And he's like, what? And I was like, sounded like he was right there. Yeah. He had dug a hole in the sand and had one of his desert storm blankets. Uh-huh. And was totally camoed. He was like a foot oh. from me and I had <laughs> no idea where he was at. I was like, you think we're safe? And he goes, yeah, I think we're okay. And he just pops up. You know, meanwhile, they're on bright, hot, you know, fluorescent <laughs> shorts. You would have been so, shot first. Oh, yeah. No for sure. And I didn't know Spanish either. And at one point, the guy's pointing the gun at me after he killed the dog. And I'm just standing there with my hands up. And he was saying in Spanish, sit down on the ground or I'm going to kill you like the dog. And I'm standing there going, huh? I don't know Spanish. Yeah. Well, one of my buddies that did know Spanish, he didn't want to give himself up. Mm. so he said it the guy said it like three times my buddy's in his hand and he goes he said like he said sit down or he's gonna kill you like the dog and I just freaking was on my oh, ass so fast man yeah so pretty intense damn that's scary okay so you've been surfing for how many years would you say I started, you started what started when I was 16 so 30 30 years holy shit you ever had any close calls in the water for sure yeah tell me about some of them uh, I've had it are you okay with talking about all oh, of them oh yeah, yeah okay yeah yeah I mean Matter of fact, I was talking to a guy at the gym today about it who got a um, new guy, Mike, has been shot. You know, that, uh-huh. that bigger guy? Yeah. Telling me about how he, he's almost been murdered. And we kind of bonded over. I said, I've had two or three times where I thought literally like, dang, I'm going to die right now. I did not think this is how my story would go. Yeah. You know, and it was in Mexico. Um, I was out surfing. and Wait, another trip in Mexico? Yeah. This is, a dip- this is out in the surf, though. Until so you went back out to Mexico after you almost got killed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mom had some words about that too. But uh, yeah, we were out there and we got out there, you know, the surf was, you know, like I think the best, what I uh, use as a measuring stick is like a basketball goal. You know, okay. the, the rim on a basketball goal is about 10, 10 foot, foot mm-hmm. right? So these waves are between 10 and 12 foot, that which was is big. Big waves. Yeah, which is big. And, you know, depending on the size of the waves, you got to have a, the bigger the waves, the bigger the board you have to have. You can't paddle into them. And so we're sitting out there and I'm like, God dang, I was with my buddy Blake and I'm like, doesn't it seem like the waves are getting bigger? 
And so a swell came in while we were out surfing. And before we knew it, they were so big that we didn't have a way to get in. Mm. Too big. Our boards uh-huh. were too small for these waves. And oh, I literally okay, okay. came to the conclusion like, dang, it's a full moon. Good thing because I'm going to spend the night out here. I'm going to have to paddle out beyond the waves and just wait till sunrise. Wait, so you were going to paddle out there in the middle of the night? Didn't spend the night out there. It was too big to get in. So I was like, I'm just going to have to paddle out there where the waves aren't breaking. Okay. And just find a spot and just chill. On your board? On my board. All night? All night. (laughs) Wait, wait. And then wait for the morning so you could surf the waves that were coming in? And pray that the waves would get smaller and the swell would go down and I could get in safely. Why couldn't you wait for the morning to paddle out there? Because they were starting to get too big? Is that what Yeah, you... yeah, so yeah. That so that was your thinking is get behind the waves, let the big ones pass, and then the smaller ones will come. Right. Like okay. the swell is going to go down hopefully. Uh-huh. But it was so big that even like, you know, some people might, you might think, why wouldn't you just kind of like ride it in on your stomach or something? That was like certain death. Wait, I'm confused. So you were already out there when the waves were getting bigger? Yep. Oh, and they were too big to ride back into shore. Correct. So you were going to stay? Yes, sir. Holy sh... And you did? No. What happened? And this is where the near death came. I said, that's it. I I can't. I'm not staying the night out here. That's a bad idea. Yeah. I'm just going to have to go for it. And I tried to catch a wave and I stood up and my board wasn't fast enough and it caught me and it pinned me on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, because of the... It pushed me down so hard. I was literally sitting on the bottom of the ocean with my you know, legs down and my head was between my legs. It was forcing me down and I was under for felt like a minute uh-huh. and two waves went over me and I came up and I was gasping for air and then there was just as a bigger one coming right at me. Holy Yeah, I had about shit. 10 seconds to, you know, you try to hyperventilate yourself yeah. and then go right back down. And in that moment, I was just like, dang, I never thought I would, I'm a kid from Oklahoma uh-huh. and that's going to be my story. That's so crazy. Like you die. Dry, dude, drowning Mexico yeah. surfing. That's just not how I thought the story would go. So, so what happened? The wave passed and you were Yeah, it passed and we just ended up swimming in and just laid on the beach for a while. I Jesus. Just, it was, I was traumatized for a couple of days. Dude, I bet. Sure. You ever trained for those trips, like underwater training or you just... No, man. We didn't really think about that. I was in really good shape. I mean, surfing is, in, it is very physical and yeah, we surfed yeah. a lot. Like I said, I could, I could surf for six hours at a time and, you know, I've, we considered, I mean, we were legitimate watermen. Yeah. We never, it was kind of before you would try to hold your breath for time, but I bet you back then I could probably hold my breath for a minute and a half to two minutes or so. Pretty easy. something like that. Yeah. And we were also young and in the prime of our life and real fit, you know? Dude, so, that's crazy. Yeah, it's intense, man. Um, okay. You know, um, what about sharks? Anything ever? You ever no, see sharks? Dolphins? No, I've been, I've been, I have definitely seen dolphins. Um, there's been a couple times where I thought I saw a shark, but I might have been seeing things. Like, mm-hmm. it was on my mind, and I was duck diving through a wave, and I was like, oh, my God. I thought I saw a silhouette of a shark or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was life, I used to lifeguard down in Corpus, and there was a uh, shark. Had A guy was out surfing, and the shark, a shark bit the surfer's leash, mm-hmm. you know, that connects to their leg. Mm-hmm. And he ripped the board off. He broke the leash, and the surfer... Excuse me, the shark takes off, and we hopped on our little lifeguard wave runner, and we saw the board bobbing through the water where it was still in the shark's mouth. Okay, so the shark had took the, the surfboard. Yes, yeah. So um, that was a close call. So there's been a couple in uh, Corpus Christi that were pretty, pretty you ever, close. You ever hear about those, um, those um, shark-like, the wristbands where they, like, repel sharks and all that? No. You never heard of that? I'm sure it sends like a frequency or something like that. Yeah, so essentially sharks are able to navigate and um, see predators with a uh, like um, electromagnetic field or something like that. Yep. Yep. And essentially this wristband that goes either on your ankle or on your wrist, ankle Mm -hmm. band I guess you would call it, it sends out uh, a frequency that like repels them. And I heard it's pretty, it works pretty well, yeah. I know uh, one little urban myth or not it's, it's a fact that um, a lot of the surfers like in Hawaii I got buddies that are uh, Hawaiian or Mexican guys 
they talk about how sharks see in, they don't see in color but they see in contrast mm. and so the darker skinned guys like the top of their foot is tan uh-huh. but the bottom of their feet are white, white. and so those guys will wear booties uh, so it looks like all one color yeah 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 you know because I think you know uh, seals a lot of times will have white stomachs and they're different colors so mm, yeah. gotcha yeah so there's different it's about all the shark protection I've heard of <laughs> Dude, I was I was telling you earlier about those those um the octopus that they found in the in the Gulf. Yep. An oil rig caught pictures of um these like big giant squids or octopus or something. Yep. Like five thousand feet down. And these things, their tentacles have right angles, like so their arm comes out and then it's like a right angle. Yeah. And it just goes straight down and like super long tentacles. I'll have to show you when we're done with this. Right. But it's crazy, man. It looks like some alien shit. Yeah. Octopuses are aliens, bro. They're wild. Aliens. I've got buddies. You know, if, you're, if you've ever been to the you know, beach in the Gulf, uh, Corpus or Padre Island, you can see like the oil rigs right there. And they're not as far as you think. And me and buddies, we used to Friday, Saturday night have a buzz and we would get four or five guys and drop a John boat in the ocean and go out there. To the rigs. To the rigs. And tie up, and there's ladders you can climb up it. And, and there's people not out there? Uh-uh. No. And we would no just go out there way. and just as scary as can be. Whoa. Um, I got a buddy that did that one time. He did it during the day and saw a whale shark. Big, huh? Yeah. They're, they're the biggest, but they're Whoa. they're vegetarian, so they don't, you know, they eat algae and stuff, so mm. they're very, they're safe. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's wild. Wait, so those oil rigs, there's nobody on them? I think sometimes there are. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I think for the most part? Yeah, I think... Yeah. Oh, that's kind of fun, dude. That sounds was, so exciting. It was scary. When you get out there, they're huge. And I mean, just jumping off the boat, putting your face underwater, it, it'll take your breath away. It's Does scary. open water scare you? Yeah. To you. And the older I get, the more nervous I am about sharks. And just now that I have kids, I'm like, you know, I kind of have you know, something to live for. And I mean, I can't die surfing. Yeah, yeah. I got kids, you know. Maybe when they're 18, I'll be stupid again. But it's crazy as. They say, like, we know more about the known universe than we know about the ocean. Yeah. And, like, 95% of the ocean's unexplored. That's crazy. That blows my mind. The ocean's just another world. It is. And when you're out there, you're in the predator's world, right? (laughs) right. You're in the shark's world. Right. Have you heard that dolphins uh, uh, get high? No. You've never heard that? Mm Mm-mm. Dolphins get high with pufferfish. Oh, really? Yeah, so they've been been, um, recorded, like, chewing pufferfish. Yeah. And the poison, they'll get a little bit of the toxin from the pufferfish, and they'll pass it to the next dolphin. The wow. next dolphin will chew it up, get some of that poison, and then they've observed the dolphins just like floating in the water, <laughs> flipping around and all that. That's crazy. That's wild. I've heard dolphins are so intelligent. Yeah. Like when it comes to us being like the more intelligent land animals, right. they're like the ocean's top oh, yeah. intelligent I species. I believe that. What about panspermia? Have you heard about that? Mm-mm. Like essentially the idea that the earth was a big rock with water and land and asteroids or ice, uh, comets and stuff, they're made of ice, right? You've heard of that or no? Uh, not probably. So sometimes like they, I, I could be wrong, Google it later, but essentially like a comet or like an asteroid is made of basically a big chunk of ice that's right. flying through space, ice and rock. And on these big giant pieces of ice was... Like the DNA and organisms mm-hmm. that crashed into Earth and land animals such as like humans, you know, uh, monkeys, elephants, they came on one asteroid. I can be com- getting this completely wrong, but, but essentially they came on one asteroid and it hit Earth and then um, fertilized Earth with those organisms. Right. But another comet or asteroid went into the ocean. And that had the octopus on it. Huh. And so like they say that octopus are like aliens. I don't know. Octopus are crazy, man. You've seen videos of them going camouflage? I have. And they can yeah. change their texture. Right. Their color. Yeah. That's so crazy. It is wild, man. It's super wild. Rogan had a... Uh, he had some guy on, a zoologist or whatever, uh, recently that was talking about all the just freakiest animals i think i listened to it it was maybe two weeks ago yeah yeah mm-hmm. cool. yeah that was crazy man he talks about um there's one that he talked about fuck is that the guy that the one that the guy that goes and looks for the uh 
the animals that were supposedly extinct. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he goes and finds the, the animals that they think are extinct, yeah. right? Yeah. So crazy. You ever see any other crazy animals while surfing out there? No, not so much, man. Um, what about jellyfish? You ever been stung? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons Hurts? of jellyfish. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but you kind of get used to it. Like, the first few times you're like, oh, you know, and make a big deal out of it, get out of the water, and then eventually you're just like, shit, just got hit again. And it's usually a lot of times, you know, if a wave breaks on a jellyfish, the tentacles get spread out all over the water, and they, they're still active. Oh, so, so it basically breaks the jellyfish apart. Yeah, and the tentacles just, you know, oh. if they're in the, you know, where the wave breaks, and then you'll just get like a tentacle on you, and you'll just... It'll burn your arm, but it's it's temporary. It lasts you know ten minutes or something. You just mm. deal with it. What about stingray? I've seen plenty of stingrays. Yeah. Ever been stung? No, I haven't. Dude, no. Me and my buddy, my buddy Lane, yeah, uh, from California, we were uh, fishing out there on the coast, and he caught a stingray, brought it in, and he was gonna grab it for a picture, and it the tail, barbed him. yeah, the barb right into his hand. Yeah. Dude, he said like his hand hurt for hours. Yeah, just went to the lifeguard, soaked it in salt water, but yeah, he said put like, iodine on there for. Mm, yeah, I think they did the that barb. too. And the uh, when I lifeguarded down there, which I did that for four or five years, it was always at the tail end of the summer. It was always in September. Mm, interesting. And usually that's when the wind dies down. But then you know we would tell everybody to do the stingray shuffle, where you just kind of shuffle yeah, your feet yeah, as yeah. you're going out to scare them. Yeah, so you, you can just kind of scare them, and they feel you know they feel the vibration or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you're not coming down on top of it. I think that's what when you come down mm. on top of it, they whip around and get you. Gotcha. But if you were to like shuffle into it, I think you got a better chance of not getting hit. What's the craziest thing you ever saw when lifeguarding? Man, I mean, there was a lot. It was you ever seen somebody beach? You, ever, you seen, ever seen someone drown out there? Oh yeah, for sure. Die. I mean, oh yeah, I've done. Really? Oh yeah, I've done CPR um, multiple times. I know one time that was pretty bad. Um, Port Aransas is a pretty popular spot down there. Um, a young girl, she was probably seven or eight, came up to my lifeguard stand and said, "Sir, um, I was out there f- um, swimming with my grandpa, and I can't find him anymore. I don't know where he went." And um, so we called in an emergency, and we all, you know, asked her where was the last time you saw him. And typically, when folks drowned. They go down to the bottom of the ocean for 30 or 40 minutes before they float back up. Do you know the reasoning behind that? I'm not sure, to be honest okay. with you. I think that you just you take in water, uh-huh. you know what I mean? And it just takes you down. You have no air, and you're taking in water, and then I think you get bloated. The gases. Yeah, the gases okay. start to kick in, and then you float up. Uh. And so we looked and searched and searched, and um, he was diabetic, had like uh, one leg amputated, was blind in both eyes. He really shouldn't have been out there. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, was, what? Yeah. One leg, blind in both eyes, and he was yeah. out in the ocean, sir? Yeah, because we asked swimming. for a description of him. Like, what did, oh. what did he look like? You know? I and feel I'm so like, bad for laughing, but Jesus Christ, why would you go out th- you want to say, well, what, what were you doing? Yeah. You know? yeah and they're yeah. All, it, almost 99% of the time, there are folks from San Antonio. Mm. El Paso, just people that weren't aware of the danger, mm-hmm. and they step with, almost every time. What they would do, they'd they'd walk out and then they'd step into like a uh, gully, mm. you know what I mean? And um, they'd step off a sandbar into a deeper spot, and the guy can't swim. You know, swimming you yeah, have to yeah. swim a lot. Swimming's harder than most people think. Yeah, and that particular guy had to wait thirty or forty minutes, and we saw him. He was he surfaced and he was bouncing up against the side of the pier. No yeah. way. And so he was de- clearly dead. Um, but as a paramedic, I was a paramedic at the time, you have to make an attempt to save him. You can't bring mm. him in from the water and be like, ah, he's dead. You don't check his pulse and if he's dead, like you still have to try you to... You still have to try to do CPR. And even if it's just for the visual, for the family, like mm. you're trying, yeah. you know? Yeah, And so that one was intense, man. So we, you know, doing CPR on this guy with the whole family around, crying and wailing and... Had to put them on, you know, the ambulance. Now, Port Aransas doesn't have an emergency room. Mm. So then we had to, if you know Port Aransas, we had to get on the ambulance, go to the ferry, get on a ferry boat. They ferry you across to Aransas Pass. And so I did CPR on that guy for 20, 25 minutes. Even though you knew he was clearly dead. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You have to try and just give it your best effort and... People don't realize uh, CPR is pretty physically demanding. Oh, yeah. It was tiring. Oh, so. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch, you know, a lot of drownings. Um, we had a lot of fights on the beach back then, too. Really? Oh, yeah. You ever throw down or what? No way, man. Like, <laughs> we would see fights. I'm like, you don't pay me enough to get punched in the face. And we yeah. were law enforcement, you know, and uh, we wore bright red tank tops and stuff. So the cops would ask us to help them identify who the combatants were or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. This, as soon as we saw a fight, we immediately would take our tank tops off. Uh-huh. And just walk up, and we would hide our walkie-talkies because uh-huh. if they knew we were telling on them, yeah, they would t- potentially turn on us. So uh-huh. we would just walk over there, all trying to be sneaky, and then be like, "Okay, it's this guy right here." And <laughs> give him a full description. And I saw one time a guy took a grill, a barbecue grill. He took the grill off and stabbed the guy. Oh. You know the Weber grill? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Pulled it off and he was stabbing him with the grill, and just <laughs> Jesus Christ! And it was all he has. It was always at sunset, you know, like around like seven o'clock when people were just smashed. They'd yeah. been out there all day and, you know, the beach had kind of turned from like a surfer, you know, um, beach scene to a little bit more, you know, gangstery party and hard partying through the nineties and, you know, in the 2000s, you know, and stuff like that. It was just a, the scene changed quite a bit and how is it now just big party scene now it's more like family and it's it's a more wholesome setting but Mm, there for a minute it was like you know dudes walking pit bulls and dog fights and it just got rowdy there for Mm. a minute so yeah so there um uh what was i gonna say it was something about california beaches damn i just forgot one thing that's unique about the Corpus beaches too is uh, it's one of the few places you can drive on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that adds a whole other element. I mean, you'd see kids are, are totally oblivious to vehicles. Mm. Kids are at the beach. They're not thinking, look out for traffic. Yeah. And so that was very common to see little kids get hit by cars and, you know. Yeah. So that's one thing that's unique. California is cold <laughs> whenever yeah, you go there. The water's super cold. Taken aback by how cold it was, so. There was one time I, um, I've had one, so you're talking about your drowning experience. I forgot what I was going to say. If I remember what I was going to say, I'll bring it back up. But there was one time I had one drowning experience where I thought legit I could possibly die. Do you remember, I want to say it was like 2000 and maybe 14, maybe 2013, 2014, when, um, in like, you know, Newport beach, Yeah. when they had, there was a storm I think it was because of the tsunami off of, or the earthquake off of the coast of Japan. Yep. And the waves were huge. I'm talking like 15 foot waves. And I had gone out there and there was this rock that me and my buddies and like my brother would all go to. What we would do is we would walk on the coast or on the the shoreline and we would go to this rock and then we'd either jump a bunch of rocks when the tide's real low or if the tide's high we'll swim out to this rock right and this rock is like maybe like a hundred yards from the shore and we'd swim out there and we'd get on top of this rock and we'd cliff jump into yeah. the water and so i went out there with my buddy to see how it was uh to potentially go cliff jump after the the earthquake yeah and the the waves were like 15 foot high i start going we see that this rock, the waves were hitting the rock and the water was going over the rock. Right. And I was like, dude, there's no way we're going to be able to cliff jump. So then I was like, we had our spear. Uh, you ever been spear fishing? Yes. So we had our spears. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me go out there and see if I can get anything. So I start going out there with fins and it just starts sucking me out. Yeah. Like, I'm like maybe like 60. My estimation was wrong. The rock was probably about 50 yards from shore. I was to the right of the rock, maybe like 60 yards, and just started pulling me out further and further. And I was like, holy shit. That's how it happens, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so I literally used like all of my strength (laughs) to swim back. And I was like holding my breath, just trying to swim. And when I got back to the shore, I laid down on the shore for like 10 minutes. And I was like, holy shit. I almost died. Mother nature, man. Scary. Undefeated. You know what I mean? If it wants you. Yeah. Yeah. You have no chance. Dude, that's crazy. How are the beaches like California surfing versus here? Port well, Cal- California's better. Way for better. Sure. Yeah, it's better. It's um they've got like defined, you know, when it goes from deep to shallow mm. real fast, that's when you get the more organized, better waves. Yeah. And California's the you know, topography of the oceans like that 
it's better. Mm, interesting. And uh, but it's a trade off. California is cold. Yeah. Most times you got to wear a wetsuit. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowd's pretty aggressive. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Like certain beaches, like they they know who the locals are, and if they don't recognize mm. you, then you don't get to sit on the quote unquote peak or in the good spots. Ah. They'll send you down the beach, and if you catch too many waves, they get mad at you because you're not sharing the wealth, or, or just they just you're having too much fun in our spot. Wow, that's yeah. so douchey. It's it's bad. Yeah, and it's not like that in most places. And you know, I would always stand up for myself, just like dude. It's surfing. Yeah. Surfing and like fighting and aggression. They don't go together. Chill yeah, out, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're getting your ways. I'm getting mine too, though. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I had a guy try to fight me, legitimately fight me in Costa Rica because I was having too much fun and I was just catching all these waves. And, uh, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to meet you on the beach. Uh-huh. So I caught a wave and I was riding it. He tried to grab my leash. No way. Yeah. And ripped me off the wave. And so I was just like, I'm not going to back down to the sky. And I was like, what the fuck? You know? And he goes, oh, okay. I'll meet you on the beach. Uh-huh. And so he paddled into the beach and I saw him there waiting for me. Uh-huh. So I surfed, I paddled up to another surf. I go, hey, what's up with that dude, man? And I can't remember his name was like Jose or something. He goes, I said, what's up with this dude? He goes, oh, is it Jose? He goes, man, he's, he's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> And I was like, are you serious? Like, he said he's going to fight me. He goes, yeah, he's going to fight you. <laughs> and I was like, shit. And my wife was laying on the beach and she was like two months pregnant or something. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to paddle in and it's going to be an all out brawl on the beach in front of my pregnant wife. Uh-huh. And so I was so sure it was going to happen. I started paddling down the beach. So I was like, I don't want her to see what's about to happen. And so I was paddling down the beach. Uh, paddling down the beach to come in again so like if when we were going to fight she wouldn't see it before I got in he got into a fight with someone else (laughs) (laughs) he was fighting with someone else so I I snuck out real quick grabbed my wife let's go oh his name was Diego yeah and I go what's up with this dude he goes oh Diego I was like yeah he's crazy man (laughs) oh man I was like he's trying to fight me he goes yeah man I was like can you say something to him yeah, because the, the guy that I was talking to, I had rented surfboards from him uh-huh. like three or four days in a row. You know, mm. and I'm like, hey, tell him, man, I've been spending money at your little beach here. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I've been contributing to your little community. Can you talk to him? You know, oh Diego, oh, he's fucking crazy. He won't listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so you know um, the Mavericks. Yeah. Where is that at? That is uh, Half Moon Bay. Where in California? Yeah, San Francisco. Ah, and that's where like the serious for real, for real. Yeah, surfers. on the West Coast, that's like the spot. You ever been there? I have not. Um, Would you surf it? Hell no. How big are the waves out there? There's no way. I mean, they're 40, 50 feet. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, and that's actually deep water. So those are, you know, sometimes shallow water's better because it'll bounce you off the bottom and then <clears throat> pop back up. But mm. that, those big waves and deep ocean it holds you down and there's like world-class big wave surfers from hawaii which is considered the most dangerous hawaii uh, hawaii some of the waves there are just out of control big, really shallow and there's underwater caves and whoa probably the most one of the most dangerous places to surf and there's been legends from hawaii that have gone over to mavericks and died and drowned whoa yeah so have you ever been there? Not even to like watch? No, uh-uh. I've, there's a, there's a real famous place called Jaws in Maui that I've checked out before. That's pretty crazy. That's crazy. You surfed? No, no. The most <clears throat> probably the most dangerous surf spot I've been to is Bonsai Pipeline on the North Shore. Where is that? What state? Oh, it's in Oahu, oh, okay. Hawaii. Yeah, uh-huh. um, it's like the most famous surf break, and it's crazy. But I surfed it when it was like head high. Mm, yeah not real big yeah but uh, no man it's you you gotta be elite you know I've literally I've been to NFL games I've been to NBA games and I've watched these guys surf these waves and I've never been more impressed because like they're literally putting their life on the line yeah 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 for fun so when it comes to like sport that's like one of the most impressive things you've ever seen ever because literally they're putting their life on the line and it's for fun they're not making millions of dollars yeah you know what I mean it's it's crazy I've seen videos of those guys where they're like literally like 30 or 40 feet on the top of the wave yep and they fall and just oh yeah. dude 
I stayed in Hawaii for a couple of weeks. You know, I went there uh, quite a few times. My best buddy lived over there. And uh, before I had kids, my wife and I, we traveled over there quite a bit, like a couple of times a year. And the lifeguard, the ambulance was every day. There was probably, I mean, if there were seven days of surf, there was probably, the ambulance was running probably seven times, you know, once a day. Jesus They Christ. didn't all die, but there was yeah. two or three deaths. I mean, it's... It's intense, man. Dude, that's crazy. If you ever make a trip out to California again to yep, surf yep. or to Hawaii, um, Maui, I got a buddy out there and then a buddy in, in California as well. Right on. They both surf. Yeah. The guy in Maui, dude, they ride the nose. Yeah. You know, ride on the nose on the longboards. Oh, yeah. That guy's crazy. Like, right on the nose. Yeah. Just walking back and forth. Yeah. You know how to do that or no? I can, yeah. It's called hanging tin. Yeah. Tin toes, yep. He does that. Yep. I got a bunch of buddies that, you know, it's funny that growing up with surfers, like when we graduated college, excuse me, high school, it was like the parting of the seas, man. Half the surfers like, you know, went off to college and the other half are like, college is stupid. I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going to California. Yeah. Like I'm going to go surf. I'm going to Tahiti, Fiji, you know, so it was just split, you know, guy. I mean, I know many guys and girls that are just that's their life that's what they're dedicated to it's badass yeah it's cool to be able to take that leap right to say like uh like the hell with the system right i'm gonna find my way find my passion yep do my passion right and a lot of times i feel like those people feel way more fulfilled about their life yep than those who are just trying to mm, become part of this corporate world you know? right yeah yeah and that's one thing I learned through surfing, man. I'm so glad that I did start is that, you know, I understand like material things don't make me happy. Yeah. You know, I've had nice cars and a nice house and I've gotten a brand new truck and whatever and driven it off the lot. And I was like, you know, the next day I'm like, damn, I thought this would make me a little more happy than this. You yeah. know, like it, I was pretty stoked the day I got it. But the second day I was like, man, some of that's worn off. I thought I'd be more happy than this. Yeah. But, you know, the feeling you get just like surfing or whatever your passion is, snowboarding. For me, it's typically, I find it to be outdoor stuff, almost all outdoor stuff. Uh-huh. Um, it's, to me, that's where you find that true happiness, you know, not through material stuff. So you used to bike a lot too, right? Triathlons. You ever done one? Uh, I've done like half triathlons. You know, I got bad knees. I can't run real well. Uh-huh. Um, but I've done quite a bit. You know, I've done biking and swimming quite a bit. Yeah. Didn't you say you wanted to swim to Alcatraz? Yeah, almost. I was this close to signing up. I just needed one and somebody to go with me. Oh, I would have gone. Yeah. When was this? That was when I was going to do that. Was I want to say that was in like 2015. Mm-hmm. Was when I was dead set on doing it. Mm-hmm. There's a family from San Antonio, um, Chase Ingram. Mm-hmm. So he's a real. Uh, do you watch CrossFit Games? Not really. He's one of the announcers on the CrossFit Games, Chase Ingram. Well, his whole family, he's from a family of swimmers. Uh-huh. And I used to go to this pool and swim laps, and I befriended his dad. And um, his dad's like, hey, man, you should, uh, you know, you swim real good. Have you ever tried? He said, I've noticed you swimming, and you look like you're getting in better shape. Is that from swimming? And I said, man, I started doing this thing called CrossFit. Little did I know, his son uh-huh. was like world-class CrossFit guy. But we got to talking and we became friends and he's like, man, you should go do the uh, Escape the Rock. From Al- It's the swim from Alcatraz. Uh-huh. And what is it, two miles? It's two miles and I think the water's 59 degrees and they have a wetsuit division and a non-wetsuit division. Jesus. But because the water's so cold, I think, I don't remember what the time is, but if you don't make it in, I think it's like two hours, no matter where you're at. You could be 50 feet from shore. They pull you out of the water and put you on the ferry because of hypothermia. Whoa. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Nick Diaz, the yep. UFC fighter, he's done it. Uh huh. And they're asking him about it. He said, man, it's not as bad as you think because the course, there's a current that takes you towards. Helps you a little bit. That helps you. You're swimming with the current. And he said, when I did it, it was perfectly sunny and birds and we're, you know, flying all over. And he goes, it's not that bad, you know, but there's some big ass sharks right there. Yeah, that's I the can't concern. Imagine. Yeah. I heard there's a lot of sharks in Northern California. Oh, there's a ton right there underneath. It's right underneath the bridge, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge. And things change when I had kids, man. I'm just like, I can't, 
I can't die doing it. Yeah. Swimming from Alcatraz, you know, I'm going to wait till my kids are 18 and then maybe I'll do some crazy stuff again. But, yeah. you know, I thought about getting a Harley um, a while back and I'm like, I can't be doing, I can't be riding motorcycles and stuff right now. Mm-hmm. My kids need me. So, so you've always been a, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an adventure seeker, always sure. down for the adrenaline rush. Pretty much, yeah, man. Just <clears throat> that. I like to be outside and just anything that's kind of physical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you seen, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I saw this video of these big, dude, these giant squid eggs. Dude, you need to Google this. Yeah. There's these scuba divers that are swimming around these huge, like, dude, I'm talking like probably like 10 foot by 10 foot wow. floating eggs in the water. And it's basically the sack that the octopus grows in, those giant squids. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> the ocean's a crazy place. It's awesome, man. It's like, it's got an energy of its own and... It's crazy. I do. Um, I bought into this. Have you heard of grounding or earthing? No, what is it? Well, it's basically because, again, because of through CrossFit and all the physical stuff I do, and I've ha- I have had a an inflammatory diet. Okay. You know, in the past, drinking alcohol, I was not aware of things that created inflammation. So, um, I noticed that when I'd go walk barefoot on the beach, that my knees felt better and that my whole body felt better. And so I Googled it and um, earthing or grounding is something that you get from having your bare foot on the surface. And they said, like, if you're on the sand and you're in the salt water, that the earth has a negative charge and it sucks inflammation right out of your body. And mm. so that's another thing. I mean, just if I didn't think I could love the ocean anymore, or the beach, uh-huh. you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's like its own living entity you know? and you feel like it's helped it helped oh i know it does i mean really? you know how bad my knees are yeah, yeah yeah i mean i will make a point to drive down there and walk on the beach for three hours i've done it walked i've driven three hours walked three hours hopped in my car and driven right back and you feel like refreshed 100 in my elbows you know i tore my bicep uh-huh right after i got out of surgery i went down there and i spent like three days and i walked on the beach about Two different times, so I spent about five hours barefoot on the beach. Whoa. Three days straight, just earthing and earthing. Google it, earthing or grounding. <laughs> like, listen, y'all, he's not crazy. Yeah, and they, and they make, like, earthing mats that you're supposed to be able to put under your computer desk, and you can put your feet on it, and I just... How much of that do you think is, like... I give the benefit of the doubt to Mother, you know, Mother Nature. You know yeah. what I mean? All things being equal... Man, I'm gonna go put my feet in the sand and yeah, versus something you can buy at like Sharper Image or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course, of course. Yeah. So what happened with your bicep? You're fully healed. Yeah, yeah. How long was that healing process? It took about six months. It's still, you know, being quote unquote healed is one thing, but having confidence, yeah, that it's not gonna tear is another. And I'm just now feeling better, and it's been twelve months. A little over a year. I had it on New Year's Eve, 2019. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been about almost 13 months. And I'm dying to, you know, I really want to get back into jiu-jitsu. But I just, being out for six months, man. You remember seeing me. Mm-hmm. Just, if I can't work out, man, it's just, that's my antidepressant. And, yeah, for sure. Um, I love jiu-jitsu. That was the closest thing to surfing. And they, they often talk about Surfers and jiu-jitsu really love jiu-jitsu and likewise, there's a a parallel there. Uh And I think because it's a sport, but there's also like an art element to it. Absolutely. That, um, man, I loved it, but I'm just nervous. It's so crazy that the mind, like even though, right, if you were to get like an MRI, it would, it would show that you're structurally sound. Oh yeah. But like you're scared. Yeah. I had that same issue when I got knee surgery. Yep. Yeah, man. I was like fully healed, structurally sound. But just scared to pivot, scared to for sure move left and right. Yeah, I've torn both my ACLs, and I've God talked damn. to people that have torn theirs, and they're like, "How long is it going to take?" I'm like, "Well, you'll be fully healed in a year." Oh, for sure. But you won't be confident for two years. Yeah, it took me like um, about two years. You won't. It won't. It'll be out of your mind, and you'll just you'll be able to go hard. Yeah, but that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I think that's 
I was scared. Sometimes I, I used to, it took, dude, I know this sounds crazy, but I got a patella tendon. Mm-hmm. So that's where they take the front of the knee. Right. There's this, the where it connects your kneecap to your bone. Right. Oh, what's this, what's this bone, your... Is it the ulna or... Your tibia. shin bone, the tibia? I think it's the, oh, you got the tibia and the fibia, I think, here. And I think that's, is that, or is that the arm? I don't know. Okay, yeah. what? <laughs> Bro science. Yeah. Well, whatever connects your kneecap to this bone that your shin is, there's this patella tendon. Mm-hmm. And they cut right here. And whenever I would be, like, whenever I kneel down, even two and a half years after my surgery, oh, it hurt so bad. Yeah. That knee just always gave me problems. Knees, man. So you've had one, so you had one bicep, both knees. What else? What else you got? Shoulder. Um, I had shoulder surgery. I've had my knee operated on this one once and this one two times. That's about it, man. I do have, I had a four-wheeler accident when I was 15 that was really bad, but I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't I knocked myself out, of course, and knocked all my teeth out and all that. But Jeez. So your teeth are fake? One of them, yeah. Oh, that's okay. one for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, knocked my teeth. I had braces at the time, so other than that, that's what kept my teeth mm. intact. But apparently, so I had fractured a vertebrae right behind my Adam's apple, uh-huh. and then I had another one on my uh, lower back. And um, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I started getting extreme like sciatica because I had uh, wore dress shoes and mm. was sitting and driving the whole time because of my job. And so I started getting severe sciatica, and so I went and I got my back uh, x-rayed and MRI'd and all that, and they're like, dude, what did you do? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? They're like, you have no fluid in the disc right behind your Adam's apple and down here, and I think it's called spondylolisthesis, and I'm like, I don't know, you know? They're like, were you ever in an accident or anything like that? And I was like, yeah, I was. When I was like 14, I wrecked a four-wheeler and just took it right on the face, um, Went down a little gully and just flew across and just boom. But it didn't present itself until, you know, it was like 34, 35 or something. So, yeah. How'd you get that fixed? They gave me, what is epidural, three like epidural shots in my spine. And um, that's when I started, you know, being more, you know, diligent about, you know, keeping my lower body uh, stronger, swimming. Yeah. Working on my core, being aware of when I've been sitting too much, you know what I mean? Epidural is the shot they give pregnant women? Yeah, it goes right into your uh, spinal. I think it goes right into your spinal cord or whatever. Yeah. And how was that? Crazy? Didn't feel good at all. Really? Big no. needle? Yes. Huge, and huh? At the time, um, my wife took me, and she was a student, a nur- uh, nursing student, on her, on her way to be a nurse practitioner. And I was like, I said, hey, is it cool if my wife watches? And they're like, no, we can't have anyone in here. I was like, oh, I just thought maybe she could because she's a student at UT. Uh-huh. right now and she's like in her final year of being a nurse practitioner they go oh she's a student sure she can join us and I think it was my second or third shot and so that one hurt particularly bad because the the uh, interventional I think interventional radiologist that was doing it was explaining okay right now we're going to go through the first layer of muscle okay now we're going through the second layer of muscle okay now we're entering the spinal column and just him like Explain. verbalizing it oh made it so much worse. Like you can feel each point that he's talking oh, about. Oh yeah, extreme pressure and just it was crazy, but it was super effective. I haven't had it since. Really? Yeah, it went away. And but I also adjusted my lifestyle. And, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, lost some weight and have less of an inflammatory diet. You know. Yeah. And you just walked on the beach more and. I try to just take advantage of anything, and I can't. That's crazy. Know? Yeah. It's so crazy how science is getting way more sophisticated. In the sense that, like, you've heard about, like, stem cells and right. literally repairing people's ligaments and all that stuff yep. without surgery. It is, but, man, I'm, you know, I always try to seek out. I always feel like there's got to be a natural way to try to heal this, a homeopathic way. Not yeah. always, but, yeah. like, let me, let me explore all those first before I try a pill or a medication. You know what I mean? So there's this idea, and I know you listen to the Joe Reagan podcast, but you've heard, like... At what point do we become like connected or or partially robotic, right? So right. Like, if we get to a point where they make artificial eyeballs that are basically cameras and they right. can connect to your brain and yep. they're just better than normal eyes. Right. And you can have 
a procedure done when you turn 25 or whatever yep. to get these fake eyeballs. What if people like you? Don't you think people would do it? Oh yeah, for sure. Or like, or you can just have like a stronger arm, you know? Yeah, or even like people like putting like a credit card where you can swipe your wrist or something like a chip, like yeah, that, yeah, and it goes yeah. right to your bank account. I'm like, screw that. Yeah, that can get hacked, and like I'm anti. You know, technology's good in some ways, but I'm like, man, it. We need to slow down here. Yeah, it's on a, you know, trajectory. That scares me, man. Fascinating, though. It is. Because it it's fascinating it's like, to think, like, like slow down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get and that. This is, it's going pretty fast, pretty rapid. But it's the human condition, man. Yep. And like, we always want what's what's new, what's right. better, what's more improved. Yep. And they say that the military has always 10 years ahead of the consumer of yeah. you know, technology. So, Lord knows what they've got already going Have today. you Have you seen that... Um, um, companies like Ford uh, and those uh, like um, Ford GM, essentially they're getting these these harness like basically it's like a exoskeleton that like factory line workers will use. They put it on their body, and essentially it'll assist them in like lifting heavy objects, um, working with their hands so they don't get as tired. Right. Which is crazy, right? Because they're walking around and it's like they're half robotic. Right. Using half of the energy that they would normally. And their longevity, uh, they're lasting a lot longer in this workforce because they're not using as much of their body. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But I'm also like the devil's advocate. I'm like, and why why was that probably invented? So they can make more. And so someone can make more money. For sure. And so the stock goes up. And there's a capitalistic... You know, yeah, something capitalistic about that to me. That's how I see things, man. Okay, let me ask you something. You're real laid back. You know, you're not, you're not about, um, you know, being flashy and all this. What do you think about super? This is completely changing the subject. What do you think about like super millionaires, super billionaires? You think that? Because I've heard the argument. Okay, so I saw I had a friend on Facebook, and I just stopped looking at her stuff mm-hmm. but I would see on her, my feed that she would say things like Jeff Bezos is too rich boycott Amazon this is bullshit he should give up the money that he has and I'm thinking in my head like to me that makes no sense in the sense that this guy's this guy's because of his idea and because of his hard work he's employing tens of thousands of people right he is providing a service for millions of people right. around the world. Right. Let the guy be as rich as he can possibly get. Yeah, I think you know, you got to just, you know, you got to pay attention to like you don't want one person to have too much power, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And but I agree. You know, and if they do it for a good, you know, if they do good things with their money too, like Bill Gates donating, right? Yeah, like he donates so much money and he was what was he creating like uh you know, uh Sewage, you know, sewage systems and toilet systems in third world countries that had like bad water and kids were dying from diarrhea, actually, you know. And to me, that's a good use of money, you know. Yeah, it's like, for sure. Dude, I would just keep an eye out for them and just try to figure out what they're doing, you know what yeah. I mean? But I've heard I'm that. Right with it. I've heard that them donating the money is like. I'm sure it's a tax. Do yeah. Giving yeah. it to the man. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and creating like. I mean, I'm, there's nothing against it. I know they're doing super good things, but I've just heard like a lot of it is is for show, right? Like right. the the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation. So they donate all their money to their own foundation, right? And then they're like, "Hey, we're this foundation. Now this is a tax write off." Yeah. So they don't get taxed. Well, I, and all I money. give credit to that for that tax rule. Like that's a smart thing to do. Like, yeah. hey, you can either give it to us. IRS uh-huh. or you can use it for good so th- I think that's a good rule no but essentially mm-hmm. it's like they're donating to their own foundation and then they choose what they do with that money in oh, their own foundation right so I they see. can just say like oh we're not gonna gotcha do okay. anything with I see it what you're saying. a little bit of a racket yeah yeah so do you have any other passions after uh surfing that you know that's that's my main thing um of course you know being a dad my kids yeah of course definitely passionate about that but I think most parents are um, that's pretty much my you know my main thing just um, you know fitness 
Oh, for sure. You know, I, I like that a lot. And it's just, a, it's like a antidepressant, you know, in, in a sense. Um, there's something about suffering, like in the daily, what is it, a good quote, like the daily, um, just exhausting all your energy every day. Yeah. Just the daily ritual of human energy, sacrifice of human energy. Uh-huh. I'm all about that. So whether, you know, Typically, I'm just real physical, man. Just anything physical. Yeah. Pretty much. You going to get back into jiu-jitsu or no? I want to, for sure. What's stopping you? I'm just nervous about my arm. And I'm not, you know, living out here in Spring Branch. And I'm pretty damn far from the place I want to go. Mm. I'm kind of loyal, you know. Like, There's one right here in Bulverde. Yeah, I've been over there. Have you? Yeah, but it's like, you know how we are loyal to Kamal Active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of, I don't know. I'm loyal to that. That jujitsu studio, uh-huh. you know, Ohana, that I want to go to, but um, I probably will. Yeah, it's right expensive on. though. You know, it's like, you know, with CrossFit and then jujitsu, everybody, you know, it's we get a good deal at Comal Active, but it's like 150 bucks for jujitsu and yeah, 100 bucks for CrossFit, and I'm like, okay. And then you, I do the math on like protein, and I'm like, yeah, I'm spending <laughs> like 400 dollars a month on fitness, and I'm. I should look better than this. I'm not a pro athlete, you know? Uh-huh. So. So have you been, how long have you been in San Antonio? I moved here in 1998. Have you always wanted to be here? Or has this always been home? Or was there ever a place where you were like, I want to live here? Somewhere I'm else. Gonna, I do want to, I want to end up back in, um, on Padre Island. Okay. South Padre Island? No, North Padre. North Padre. Cor- Corpus. So it basically you drive to Corpus and basically North Padre, you go over a bridge and that puts you in North Padre. If you take a left and you go about 15 miles, it puts you in Port Aransas. Okay. So just kind of down there. Um, you still have your place down there? My mom has a house down there. My dad has a house down there. I did have a condo that we were renting, but we sold it. Oh, uh, okay. But um, yeah, I'm putting myself in a position to, to get back down there. And it's it's not Hawaii, you know. It's not as pretty as California, but man, it's a beach town and it's got that vibe. And, yeah. You know, it's... Um, I like it a lot. People are really cool. You know, nobody's like, it's not hyper competitive. Like, oh, you got a 2019 Escalade. I'm going to get a 2020, Mm. you know, it's just, it doesn't have that element at all. And uh, I like that. You still surf? For sure. Yeah. And right now, man, the best thing is that um, my son is has fallen in love with it in the last yeah. year wow. and he's eight and I wanted that so bad my daughter's 12 and that's not really her deal um, she's all about her friends so if like I took a friend of hers down to the beach to the two girls and then her friend thought it was cool then she'd be like yeah I think it's cool too uh-huh. kind of yeah. she's not as adventurous if you will but um, just a couple months ago I bought, I bought Kale a wetsuit for Christmas and taking him out there and just he's so small and the, the surfboard I have is just right for him where I can just shove him onto a little wave and he rides it all the way to the beach and throws his arms up in the air at the end and you see all the people like clapping for this oh, little cute little man. guy and dude it is it is super cool and it's it's one of those deals that like I try not to push it on him too much because it's almost like the more you want something the less likely it is going to happen you know yeah. so I try to let him just naturally organically like it on his own and he did and I'm like thank god what was that feeling like because I know a lot of times like I forgot who I was talking to but there are like people who are nervous to chase their passion so then when they become parents they try to push the fact that they didn't chase their passion so that their kid does what they wish they did right right but you chased your passion which was surfing you loved it then you got your kid into it, and he yep. liked it. Yeah. What was that feeling like to just uh, like see him? You know. Oh, it's 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 one of the best feelings ever. I mean, I don't know what the word is. I mean, just true joy. Yeah. You know, not I mean beyond happy. Wow. It was like joy, like oh, and not just for me, but for him. You know, it's like yeah. to me, like for my kid from Oklahoma, like that moving down there and then falling, have finding my passion. That's a blessing. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Um, and he, I'm thinking like, man, I think he, you know, if he gets the bug like I did, good for him, you know, and it's great. 
you know, kind of what you were saying, like I always wanted to wrestle when I was younger, uh-huh. but I was nervous about it. I played football and I played basketball, but I'd walk by the wrestling room and those kids were intense Yeah, and I wasn't confident enough to just walk in there and do it. And so when my, I put my son in wrestling, kind of trying to live vicariously through him and mm. I didn't, I was kind of over the top with him a little bit about that. Mm. You know what I mean? So I've been guilty of that too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the surfing thing's awesome. That's cool. You got any chips planned? No, just local stuff. My daughter, she's kind of, she wants to go to Laguna Beach. Laguna? <laughs> yeah, I asked her, like, where do you want to go on a vacation? Let's plan one. Do you want to go snowboarding in Denver? Do you want to go to Hawaii? What do you want to do? And she's she's kind of into the pop culture thing. She, I want to go to Laguna Beach and then over to Beverly Hills. and uh, Check that out. Yeah, she wants to see all that. So we'll probably do that in the summer. Okay, well, if you go out there... I can get you a place to stay. I got friends who surf, so right on, right yeah. on the beach too. Shit, let's do it. You gotta man. let me know. Let's do it. All right. Well, we'll we'll cut this one short. I don't want to go too long just because it's late. But right on. When I figure out what I was gonna tell you about, <laughs> about earlier episode two. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to call you back for a new episode. Right on. But thanks for having me over, man. Appreciate it. We'll do another one. Thanks, Jason. Yep.